You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here as always with Chris Whittingham. Now that you've found us, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast provider. That way you get all of our old episodes as well as all of our new episodes. As soon as they post, we will do a little bit of NFL here over the course of the week. Going to talk to Ben Albright, do some Super Bowl, talk a little about Brian Flores, who actually met with the media yesterday, uh, would not reveal that he was taking the Dolphins job because he can't really do that yet. But uh, there were some interesting stories that came out of that. That will obviously be a little bit as we go forward as he's introduced but want to get back to the NBA here today again we're going to talk to somebody that you know on Twitter as at hoops critic he's Brian Geltseiler you can find him on Sirius XM NBA radio also check out hoopscritic.com Brian thank you for joining us appreciate it oh my pleasure guys always my pleasure and wanted to to get into where we sort of left off yesterday. Chris Whittingham and I went through for about an hour all of the possibilities with Anthony Davis. Obviously, we tried to touch on the heat angle, such as there is one, but mostly focused on the Lakers in Boston and how all of that is playing out. Now, since then, the only new thing that I can really see is I guess there are some indications that he may be more explicit about wanting to play with the Lakers. I, I guess let, let's start here. Were you surprised by you know, him coming out when he did yesterday or his agency, Rich Paul coming out, Clutch coming out, saying that he wants out of New Orleans. Uh, and do you think that's the right thing for him to do at this time? I'm not surprised. And I and I think if he doesn't want to be there, he shouldn't have to be there. I, I truly believe that. I, I don't know that we can paint him as a villain in any way. Listen, New Orleans Pelicans guys had, what, seven, eight years to put the right kind of team around him to be able to contend. And the mistakes are vast. You look at the mistakes that they've made from the Asher contract to the Ajinsa contract to the Solomon Hill contract. They've squandered a lot of money on guys that just aren't worth the money that they've paid them. And it's, and they really haven't surrounded Davis in the way that they do. Listen, even this past offseason, you saw something special building last year with uh, you know a, kind of a three-man, four-man core of Davis, Miritich, Rondo, Drew Holiday. You had business finding a way to bring Rondo back and be preemptive about it if you really wanted to keep Anthony Davis. You know, playing hardball with Rondo with money is something that I think hurt them a lot. And you look at the contract mistakes prior, nothing exists in a vacuum. So you look at those contract mistakes prior and those hurt them with their ability to pay Rondo. And Rondo was a very key piece to what they did well last year. So I, I listen and I look at Davis here right now. This is, you know, this is what the players collectively bargained for him to have this option and him to have this choice. And I think the timing of it is extremely respectful to the Pelicans because the Pelicans don't have to go into a trade deadline right now with the mystery of, do we try to do something, a now type of trade as a Hail Mary to try to make the playoffs in the hopes of keeping Anthony Davis to even jeopardize our future or more. Now they know what they're up against at the trade deadline. And believe me, if a taker and a decent deal comes up for Drew Holiday, even if they're not necessarily ready to trade Davis yet, they'll do that right now. They What Anthony Davis and Rich Paul and Clutch Sports did yesterday was gave the Pelicans a clear direction on where to go next and what they're doing. And I think that was important. I think that's going to happen. In the end, the Pelicans, I know they're not happy about it. And boy, the city of New Orleans in the last two weeks has been smacked around sports-wise. But I will say this, I think the Pelicans, from the standpoint, when you look at what this could have been for them, I think Davis and Rich Paul did them a favor yesterday. 
Yeah, I, and I agree with you that it, that it sets forward a direction, but I guess uh, there's a number of different routes that they can go to, uh, go down. Now, there, there was uh, news this morning from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that uh, the, the New Orleans Pelicans plan to listen to offers, but won't make a deal before the trade deadline unless they're offered an overwhelming package for Anthony Davis. And, and that makes sense because you want to have Boston. And frankly, I think the other uh, sort of lever of power you can use here is the Knicks getting the number one pick and maybe, you know, figure out a way to leverage them uh, so that they can set up their future of Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and and who knows what else that the Knicks can manage together if they uh, can figure out an, or- an organizational plan. But do you think that the route forward for New Orleans is to tear it all down, maybe even trade Drew Holiday too, and start with the youth movement, or try to acquire a player that can that can kind of I don't want to be I don't want to over exaggerate, but almost save basketball in New Orleans because uh, New Orleans is generally not a market that has worked for basketball, even with Anthony Davis, even when they were making the second round of the postseason. What do you think they need to do as an organization to kind of take to to kind of set up their next five years with this trade? I think they, listen, I think that they ha- you got to draw kind of a distinction between what's best long term from a basketball standpoint for this organization. And what saves basketball in New Orleans? Because I think those are two different things. What saves basketball in New Orleans is what you just said, to get the best player or players back in a package for Anthony Davis and not necessarily worry about the draft pick stuff. And and that would really put the Lakers at the front of the line because the Lakers can offer a ton and the Pelicans really can kind of hit the ground running in the absence of Anthony Davis and, and you know all of a sudden create the roster depth that they were never able to create having Anthony Davis. The problem is what's your upside there? That puts you in NBA purgatory, guys. That makes you like the first team out of the playoffs, last team in. And that's a bad place to be in the NBA right now. You either have to be rebuilding and and be in a position to go get star players or you have to be competing for a title. The middle is a tough place to get out of in the NBA. So, again, that may save basketball in New Orleans because it'll maintain some interest. The team will at least be interesting and be competing for a playoff spot. But you talk about if the goal truly is to go win a championship, this is a teardown. and, And that's what makes the Knicks prominent in all this because right now if you look at listen team the high draft picks are the plum assets that go in these trades and when you look at what's happened first of all the lakers don't have any they're 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 done Mm -hmm. with them so with the lakers you're looking at picks in in the mid to late 20s at best so their picks don't have as much value in a trade boston was sitting on a whole bunch of stuff coming and they still are coming into this draft but you look at the Sacramento pick. Sacramento's pretty good. That pick's going to be in the teens. That's not all. That's not necessarily the pick they thought it was going to be. And the Memphis pick, which is protected in the top eight, with the way Memphis has played lately, they're probably going to land in the top eight. So Boston may not have that pick either. And that injects the Knicks into this because the Knicks are the one team right now with their miserable ten-win record here that is going to at right now with the way the standings set, they're guaranteed a top six pick. So at least that's going to be the plum kind of pick that if you're the Pelicans and you want to go the full teardown route, you have to be looking at the Knicks. So that's the question that they want to ask and, and what this is going to be about to this ownership group. Now, I will say this. This ownership group is loyal to the city of New Orleans. The problem is they're also loyal to trying to make money, and this is the, the weakest TV revenue uh, market in the whole country, in a whole league. That's a problem for them with all this. So, I, you know, to me, they have to decide what this direction is about because Anthony Davis leaving New Orleans, in my opinion, absolutely. Absolutely. With the cities you have out there that want teams, Seattle, Vegas, that are looking for franchises and would love to bring them in, that in the absence of Anthony Davis, NBA basketball is tenuous at best right now in the city of New Orleans. Yeah, we discussed that a little bit yesterday. I mean, it's a, it's a tough city. I mean, it's it's not a city that has uh, you know a great economic situation. Typically, it makes nope. it hard to fill the place. And then, you know, I mean, the arena is fine. It's not great. It's okay. Um, you, you know, you're dealing with you know you're competing with the Saints who do well there. And I know there's crossover in terms of ownership, but and college football it, too. College and, football and, is the second biggest correct. sport there. Right, right. I mean, you're dealing with SEC and LSU, and there are Bama fans there, and it, it's it's tough. Um, so and you're right. Seattle is waiting, and there are people who I mean, there's even a guy down here who still wears number three for the heat who wants to get involved in ownership in Seattle. There's a lot of people who, who want to do that. A couple of things you mentioned there. I want to touch on also um, you're right about Memphis. I mean, Memphis is about to get worse too, because I mean, yep. they're, they're probably going to dump, you know, Marcus Gasol and, I know he sort of had an emotional, it seemed like a send-off yesterday. Uh, and, and obviously Conley might be out of there. So you're right. Boston's picks don't look like what we thought Boston's picks were going to be. I guess, especially the Sacramento one. The Sacramento yep. Sacramento being good really hurts their negotiating position. Yes, a ton. 
a yep. ton, especially because guys keep in mind they had a choice between the Sacramento pick last year and the Laker pick that the Philly had. The Philly had, and they and that Laker pick ended up at ten. They took the Sacramento pick, mm-hmm. which is probably going to be worse than that Laker pick. Right, absolutely, and, and plus a year later too, which you, you, yep. know, you want to get the player in the system. So yeah, that's a difficult one. But I want to get back to the Knicks with you here because uh, look, I, we've been hearing this for how long right? that the Knicks right. are finally going to get a star. I mean, LeBron has basically toyed with them for years. I mean, played games with them, even after he hasn't gone, made it seem like he was going to go, was never going to go. They tried to get Dwayne. If you go all the way back to 2010, I mean, they've had a long list of guys. The only guy they've actually, they've only gotten two players uh, of any note. One, they had to trade four of their assets for because Carmelo didn't want to wait. And if he had just waited, that would have looked totally different. And the other one was Amari Stoudemire, who had an injury situation that you knew was going to blow up eventually, and they didn't properly protect themselves for that. Other than that, like they haven't gotten anybody. They had to overpay to bring Tim Hardaway Jr. back. Who's going to go to that organization? Like, is Anthony Davis, like, if I'm looking at the Knicks and the Nets right now, the Nets look, the, the Nets have competent management. The Nets have, uh, you know, some young assets that, that look promising. They've got a breakout player in Russell. They have, uh, Lavert looked like he was a potential breakout player this year. They drafted pretty well with Jared Allen. Well, why would anybody look at the Knicks and say, I want to go play for James Dolan? Well, I, I, it, it transcends James Dolan with the Knicks right now. The Knicks right now are the only all-African-American front office in the league. And don't underrate that, guys. It's a, it's a big deal. And not only that, it's not done in a situation where we just – got these guys to get these guys and be able to say that the guys are really competent. They're really bright. Scott, Scott Perry's widely respected. Craig Robinson, who's Michelle Obama's brother is in that front office as well. He's really respected. Steve Mills has kind of built this whole thing out. And after the Hardaway deal, he's kept his hands off of it for the most part. And there, so, and then you look at Dave Fisdale, who's widely respected around the league. And you guys know that from there, the, the high regard that everybody around the league holds Fizz in. So they have a very competent group. Here's the other thing that, that makes the Knicks attractive. Stars want to play with stars. And the Knicks right now is a 10-win team. One of the reasons they're a 10-win team is because their star player has sat the entire season, Chris Stapps Porzingis. So if you go to the Knicks, there's a guy there that you can already join who's got a skill set that a lot of star players want to play with. Now, what's interesting about this Davis deal is that I've heard people say, hey, well, Porzingis could go to New Orleans in this Davis deal. That's not going to happen. Number one, trading Porzingis is going to make it harder for the Knicks to resign Anthony Davis. So if he goes there, you'd like to have a star that's a lot more inviting for him to stay there. But more so than that, New Orleans is not going to want him. Listen, he's a restricted free agent at the end of this year. He's going to be looking for a max deal. And if you if you take him in a trade, you're pretty much committing to paying him $30 million a year because somebody will go – half the teams in a league have cap space next year somebody is it just takes one team to go sign into a max offer sheet and all of a sudden the Knicks are trap matching that and so I think or, or the Pelicans I mean are trap matching that if they go trade for him and now the Pelicans have kind of, yes you got yourself a star you're paying him this big money and you have him here but if you again if you're looking to do the tear down and the rebuild and try to build a title contender all you're doing is placing yourself back in NBA purgatory and oh by the way you're bringing a guy in that's probably more of an injury risk than Anthony Davis is so it's it's not a great situation there. So with the Knicks, that's why they're attractive. That's the deal with them, and that's why a lot of guys want to be there. You're right about the Nets. The Nets look terrific right now. But the Nets, as good as D'Angelo Russell has played, I don't think other players around the league look at D'Angelo Russell and be like, right. well, that's a star. I want to run and play with that star. Plus, he's another one who's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. So the presence of Porzingis and, and the way that front office is held in high regard league-wide is something that has made the Knicks extreme. And plus, listen, the market's a big market. And the one thing you know, and I think it's different than L.A. in this respect. Listen, we know L.A. is a Laker town, but there is some juice with the Clippers there in L.A. right now. Yes, there is some juice with the Nets in New York, but it still it still starts and ends with the Knicks on Broadway. And there is guys that will always kind of have that. It feel like New York and Madison Square Garden has that level of appeal if all those other things are in place. Yeah, and they obviously have a ton of work to do uh, to get Tim Hardaway Jr. off their books, to get uh, Courtney Lee off their books, and Lance Tom. They've got about $37 million worth of salary that they have to work on uh, to get off their books in order to make this work. So I, I, I do think that they're a definite possibility. I don't know if now would be uh, the right time for them because if you're the Pelicans, you want to know the draft pick that you're trading for is you know one or two, right? You, you want to have as good of a draft pick as you can get for them, and then uh, New York can go about starting to, to sort of establish their team uh, going forward. 
forward. And obviously, you'd want to at least have you know Porzingis as you know a, a signature asset that you can maybe flip for another star. But I, I do think you know looking at the other options for this trade, I, I want to get to Boston here with you for a second, both uh, in current day and in future. So uh, there's some doubt as to whether or not uh, Boston could re-sign Anthony Davis if they got him, and and even if and even if let's say Danny Ainge and and it has been reported that he's willing to throw caution to the wind on this. What, what what do you think Boston should offer, and what do you think Boston with Anthony Davis would look like? Well, first of all, Danny Ainge made a mistake two summers ago, and Kyrie Irving bailed him out by you know pushing his way out of Cleveland later in July as opposed to doing it on July 1st because Danny Ainge ran from Paul George, didn't want to make a meaningful offer to the Pacers for Paul George because he was convinced Paul George was definitely going to the Lakers. Well, how'd that work out, guys? Right? Mm-hmm. Paul yeah. George stayed in OKC. And, and I do think there's something to be said for having enough confidence in your program and your coach and what you've built to be able to take a big-time stud player like a Paul George, like an Anthony Davis, and be able to have a full year of exclusive recruitment to sell your program to a guy. And Ainge made a mistake with Paul George. He made a big mistake with Paul George. But then no one talks about it because Kyrie Irving came available. So, And he ended up having a chance to go get Kyrie Irving. I don't listen, Danny Ainge has wanted Anthony Davis for a long time. I don't think he's going to make that same mistake again. And I think he will, even if it's not necessarily the truth. And this is the way this business works. You guys know this. I think he'll float to the Pelicans. We will beat whatever offer the Lakers give you now come summertime. Because I think they, listen, they're going to want, the Celtics are going to want to pair Davis and Kyrie Irving. We know, and Chris Saints had in his piece yesterday, Kyrie's far from a lock to stay there. The Celtics also have financial issues. The Celtics, listen, you look at the Hayward contract right now, that's a miserable contract, guys. That's $28 million a year for a guy that looks, not, I don't even think it's injury recovery. I think he's, his confidence is just shot right now, and you don't know when that's coming back. Al Horford is, you know, the years are starting to build on him a little bit, and granted, it's only one more year after this year. He is not the same player that he's been and I know the numbers are similar but defensively he's nowhere close to what he's been in years prior they have some serious issues here so I think going to get Davis would be something that certainly could address those issues but but the bottom line is going to be this are you willing forget about the draft considerations for a minute are you willing to put Tatum and Brown in the same deal that's going to be the question that's got to be answered. Because if you're not, it, there's other deals like the Knicks and the Lakers that are going to look more attractive to the Pelicans. If you are willing to put Tatum and Brown on the same deal, they're going to get Anthony Davis. And, and I think it, it's that simple for the Celtics. But because of that, because the possibility of getting Tatum and Brown is so great uh, and, or, or something that could be such a big boom for the Pelicans that could, you know, we talked earlier about keeping – the basketball in New Orleans and having a full tear down to go to a rebuild, you get Tatum and Brown together, you can do both. You can get that tear down, get where you need to be in terms of being lean financially and have both of these guys be your two building blocks going forward. The other thing is this, it's important, and Woj had this, uh, had, had this I believe, either, either today, yesterday, but the Lakers offer is going to be the same now that it is this summer. That's gonna. The Lakers offer is there for them, and they can use that. So to me, I think the smartest thing for the Pelicans right now is going to be to wait to the summer where you have a chance to invite Boston in. Because one thing I don't see happening is Boston trading Kyrie Irving before the deadline here to be able to go make a deal for Anthony Davis. Because I think Boston does believe that this current team they have can go to the finals and give Golden State some kind of run. Maybe not beat them, but give them some kind of run. And I think that they've built this thing for too long at this point to throw that kind of opportunity away when they still could get Davis coming up in this offseason. And, and, and for the Pelicans right now, from everything you hear out of there, I don't know if they're in such a hurry to deal with the Lakers. We'll get back to today's episode of the Five Reasons Podcast in a second. But first, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, and that is Doral Toyota. Doral Toyota, where you can find all your favorite Toyota models, whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle. Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. I've been there before. It is a fantastic location. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles. In-house financing is available for credit-related issues. If you mention five reasons, when you call 305 305- 680-1129 or come in the dealership. You will work with a dedicated manager, not a salesman. Unlike other dealers, Doral Toyota prides itself on an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, DoralToyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Vamos, let's go, Doral Toyota. 
I want to cycle back to Boston in a second, but because this is a Miami podcast, I want to pose this question to you. You mentioned the Lakers offer. We heard some variations of it yesterday. Brad Turner had a story and some others had a story. I want to give you four young players on the Lakers and four young players on the Heat. Okay, you tell me because this is an outsider's perspective because we get lost a little bit down here. And obviously, 95 percent of our audience are frustrated Heat fans who are stuck in the exact position that you talked about earlier. A team never wants to be in. Right. Okay, but let me give you these four. We've got Kuzma, Ball, Hart and Ingram. And we've got Winslow, Richardson, Adebayo and uh, the fourth who kind of emerged this year a little bit at age 21 is Derek Jones, Jr. Lakers four, Heat's four. Somebody from the outside, what's more attractive? It's really close. It's really close. I think, listen, the the one thing that I'll tell you that to me could make the Heat more attractive is the fact that you have Richardson and Winslow signed to reasonable contracts going out. I think that's – so if you trade for those guys, those are good numbers for those guys. As my friend David Griffin likes to say, those are great pieces of paper. You know, when you (laughs) see the way – and Winslow – you know, and when they went ahead and signed Winslow – I was scratching my head a little bit like, did you need to do it? I wanted to see if the guy can go set a market. Well, you know what? They had something in mind here. What he's done at point guard has been terrific for the Heat so far this year. I'm a big fan of Richardson. Love out of Bayou's game as well. And so I think the Heat probably are a little bit better off in terms of top four than the core of the Lakers. But that's factoring in finances. I think basketball player to basketball player, I'd probably take the Lakers. But the fact is, is that when Kyle Kuzma comes due, he's going to be looking for $20 million. You know what I mean? So you're paying Lonzo Ball something similar you're paying Winslow and Richardson half of that like and and that matters a lot in these circumstances the problem that the Heat have is they just don't have the expiring deals now with that said if they end up doing it the Heat are more viable over the summer than they are right now at the deadline to be involved in something like this just because you hit the summer and all of a sudden you have three significant expiring deals Whiteside Johnson Goran Dragic. I can't imagine. Dragic has a player option this year. So's Whiteside. Um, so's Johnson. All three of them are player options. I can't imagine any of those three at those numbers don't exercise those player options. I think that they absolutely will. So you get in a situation like that, but for expiring deals this summer, that makes the heat a little bit viable. So I do think that all the more reason for the Pelicans to wait because then you can invite Miami in. And, and listen, let's face Miami's going to be, they're going to be first round picks in the teams. They got to be careful with their picks because I believe it's a 2021 pick that now is in Philadelphia's possession. That's an unprotected pick that went in the Dragic deal a few years back. So they got to be careful with their picks based upon that. But no doubt the finances of this thing, Richardson and Winslow's extensions that are signed here that they have, plus waiting to the summer and having some big expiring deals, that would make the Heat much more of a player in this than they would be right now. I actually, I, I, I hadn't thought of that. And, and I, I think it's, it's another team that could stand to benefit uh, from the, this deal going into the summer. And I think I think New Orleans would be crazy at this point uh, not to wait until the summer. As much as, obviously, you know, Anthony Davis and, and maybe him being unhappy is not good for the team, you can send him away and, frankly, start your tank so that your tank, let's say you acquire, you know, some other team's pick, uh, you know, you can, you know, have those two guys kind of be the foundation, maybe turn Drew Holiday into a pick that's attractive. But New Orleans, uh, right now, in the in the tankathon standings, they're actually in 10th. Yeah, they're in 10th, and but they're not far off from 6. 6 is probably as high or as low as they're going to go in that race. And so if you can end up with a pick that's somewhere in the top 8, combine that with someone else's pick, and then really wait for the summer win, I think the, I think the offers get much more attractive in the summer. As much as you have less of him, and maybe a team right now that's in a playoff race wants to have Anthony Davis for this year's playoff race, you know, and you get him for two playoff races as opposed to one, I, I, I do think as well that, you know, having the the summer is really the best way to go and do this because more teams are going to have expiring deals. More teams are going to have other valuable trade assets to the Pelicans than currently exist. I totally agree. I've been waiting to the summer is where they invite as many teams possible because that's the other thing is the money loosens up. I mean, yeah. no one, Sacramento's the only team in the league's got, they have 11 million in cap space. The only team in the league's got cap space. No one else has it. So you, you need, you need the money to loosen up to be able to invite so many more teams in. One thing I will say, you brought up Drew Holiday. I, I'll, I'll make this argument to you guys. Drew Holiday is more likely to go before the deadline than Anthony Davis mm-hmm. because 
He and because I'll tell you, if you're gonna do the teardown, there's no need to be keeping Drew Holiday at 28 million a year. And Drew Holiday is a guy, even at that big number, he's a really good player, a really good player. He may be in a league where everybody's trying to play as fast as they can. He may be the best transition defender in the entire NBA. He's and he's a guy that can play both guard spots for you. Although I think at this stage of the game, he's better off as a smaller wing than he is at lead guard. But he can double there. Those ball handling skills as a secondary ball handler. He can play really good and up tempo. He's a he's a good guy, a guy you want to have in a locker room. So you look at Holiday, and there's te- if I'm a contending team, if I'm an OKC, and I'm locked into all of this luxury tax, and I want to make that one move to go after Golden State right now, you know what? I may yeah, I may look to throw the Pelicans, Terrence Ferguson, and a couple of my other deals, Patterson, maybe Robertson, something like that, a few smaller deals to make it work under the cap, and bring in a Drew Holiday if I'm willing to spend all the luxury tax money. I mean, he's the kind of guy that can shift the balance of power for the right team in either conference as long as they're willing to keep him long-term and pay. Another very interesting place for Drew Holiday is the place he started his career, and that's Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You put Drew Holiday in Philadelphia right now, he's a great compliment next to Ben Simmons with Butler and Embiid, and all of a sudden you may have the best team in the Eastern Conference. So I, I look for Drew Holiday here to move because here's the, the one point that you that you make that's a great point about New Orleans tanking. Listen, Anthony Davis staying on the floor is not going to help them get a better draft pick. And as long as he's leaving, you're under no obligation to not strip it down around them. I mean, if that's if you can get a, a value for Miritich, value for Randall, value for Holiday right now before the deadline, why wait especially Miritich and Randall why wait and listen Holiday if he gets hurt between now and then and you're and you're stuck with that big contract that's not helping you either so I do think that's something to keep an eye on you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need Viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know, a Pelican's making deals that aren't necessarily involving Anthony Davis between now and the deadline. Yeah, no, I, I, I love the Drew Holiday uh, move for a lot of different teams. And we saw what he did last year against Portland. I mean, he just totally tore that backcourt apart. And, I, I, and and look, I you know, I've made a case, too, that you could look and him even from the Heat perspective, that if you're looking for a player who could be a core guy for you, I mean, again, it's 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 pretty good money. I think it's the 21st biggest contract in the league. I mean, he's making the same money as Otto Porter. It's not yep. totally out of consideration in terms of what he actually offers. So so that's interesting. I Again, I want to get back to Boston with you here for a second because you, you were talking with us before the pod about what's going on with the current team, right? So you, you say they think they can make the finals, and I do too if they could figure out where these pieces are. So what do you not like about what they've done so far with their roster this year? In the net game earlier this week, they actually played Jalen Brown a bunch of minutes. And, oh, look, he scored 21 points. Jalen Brown has so much freaking ability. He's such a great athlete. And all he really needs is reps. Put him out there and give him reps and play him. But what's happened is that they've made him a bench player. He, he was, Jalen Brown thinks he's better than Jason Tatum. He may not be. But I, if, I'm, if I'm them, I like that he thinks he's better than Jason Tatum. Put him in a backcourt next to Kyrie. Start him and play him 32 to 34 minutes a game and make him feel valued. He's, you know, we talk about the Celtics having too much talent and guys not being happy. The guys that aren't happy are Rozier and Brown. Rozier, you're not going to necessarily be able to make happy till you pay him. You're not going to play Rozier in front of Kyrie Irving. Could you play him with Kyrie Irving? You could, but you're better off playing Jalen Brown there. And if you really think, if you think that you have a legitimate chance to beat the Warriors four out of seven games, it's going to be because you have long athletic wings that are going to be able to stay with their long athletic wings. Well, look at your long athletic wings. 
You got Tatum, who absolutely is that. You have Gordon Hayward, who you thought was going to be that, but isn't really that kind of athlete anymore. He is not, you know, as I said earlier, Hayward's a problem. And you have Jalen Brown, who's the best athlete of all of them, and and has got the size at six seven. Get him on the floor. Like I get, listen, I get what Brad's doing is that guys like Morris and Smart have earned their keep this year. They've maybe played better than Brown, but at a certain point in time, with Brad Stevens choose, making his rotation decisions, making starting decisions, making finishing decisions, Brad Stevens has to take a very long look here at not necessarily what's best for them here at the end of January going into February, but what is best for them in terms of getting to May and maybe June. And getting to May and maybe June, Jalen Brown's the one that's got the upside out of all these guys. Listen, you Morris has been an excellent player for them this year. You want to keep Morris in the starting lineup? I'm not going to argue with you. As a stretch four, he's been ideal for them next to Horford. I love what Morris has brought. Marcus Smart will do what he does, whether he's starting or he's coming off the bench. And Marcus Smart is, for all of his nuttiness, he's a team guy. He really is. He grinds. He works. He'll play his role regardless. He plays bigger than he is, but he's not. In terms of being an old, having the potential to be a great player, he's not a pimple on Jalen Brown's backside. You gotta get Jalen Brown out there and have him playing more. Because the other thing is this, and this is grinding Jalen Brown too. He thinks they're messing with his money. You know, he's eligible for an early extension this fall. So that's the other thing. You know what? You worry about money in the offseason when you got to worry about money. Right now, if, you tr- if you're not going to trade Kyrie Irving to be able to go get Anthony Davis right now, that's because you th- think this team's got the potential to go to the finals and make a run at the Warriors. If that's the case, that needs to be the goal, and your rotation decisions have to be indicative of that goal. Brett Stevens isn't doing that, keeping Jalen Brown down on the bench. I, uh, I I agree with that, and to me, the most fascinating Celtics fact, you look at their last 14 games, they're winning games, they've won 10 of their last 14, but in that run, uh, I was I'm just kind of look. I was going through their lineup stats, uh, th- so I was going through four-man, their second worst four-man in this run, minus 20 over six games, is Horford, Hayward, Kyrie, and Tatum, who a lot of people would argue are the four best players on the team. I just find fascinating that they haven't been able to figure out a fit, and, and we have people in our network that think that, uh, you know, it, it's certainly in comparison to Eric Spol- that Brad Stevens gets, you know, a bit too much credit for what he's done. And obviously, he's done a, a brilliant job of overachieving. This really is the first year that he's been put in a position to not overachieve, but to achieve and meet a standard. And it feels like, in terms of getting this team together, and look, Gordon Hayward is difficult right now. Getting that to work is hard, but getting your four best players on the floor and it not really working, I think it's an indictment really on the entire setup, isn't it? It is. It, it certainly is. It's a little bit of an indictment of Brad, quite frankly. I must say, I've had conversations with Jeff Van Gundy, guys, where he talks about the fact that as a coach, in a lot of ways, it's easier to coach less talent and squeeze everything you can out of them than have to coach a ton of talent and manage egos. Brad is a guy who tactically, schematically is brilliant. He, if One of the best coaches in the league, if not the best coach in the league, coming out of timeouts, getting getting guys to defend, you know, his whole defensive system. Like Brad is really, he does a great job with that stuff. This is the first year that he's had to manage egos. And if we're being frank about it, he hasn't done a good job of it. He really hasn't because he's got a lot of unhappy guys. And I think people want to write it off to, well, there's just too much talent there. You know what? Talk to me about too much talent. You want to beat the Warriors? There's no such thing as too much talent. You got to have a lot of talent there. But you have to figure out guys getting set in roles that they're comfortable with. You're, you know, you're 50 games here for the Celtics, and guys aren't comfortable in the roles, and and that's kind of on Brad a little bit. And again, not everybody's going to be happy all the time, but the roles have to fit guys and be set. And, and again, Brad's criteria for doing this is who's playing the best right now gets the minutes. Well, listen, that's fine for a high school team with seniors and juniors on it. You know what I mean? That's even fine for a college team who that's got seniors and juniors on it, and guys that are going to be dumb. Play your best players and go and see what happens. This is different than that. This you are looking to create chemistry and upside, and and you are going to have to achieve more than you've been able to achieve to be able to take that shot at the Warriors. So you know what? Maybe you take a little bit of a hit in the short term, building some chemistry between the guys that are your best athletes and the guys, more importantly, that match up best with the Warriors. Because here's what I will tell you. The big challenge the Celtics are going to have in getting out of the East, in my opinion, is going to be the Toronto Raptors. The units that will match up best with the Warriors because of the Raptors' length as well on the perimeter and their depth will also be the units that match up best with the Raptors. I want to introduce you to another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is Brunt Insurance, where you can get all of your protection 
under one roof. They offer home, auto, commercial, and life insurance. They're licensed to write insurance for the entire state of Florida. That's Pensacola all the way down to the Keys. They've got multiple carriers for all the product lines to ensure you're paying the lowest rate in your area. I can speak to this personally because I reached out to Greg Brunt. He told me, he said, send me all of your insurance policies. So I sent him life. I sent him auto. I sent him condo. I sent him house. He looked at all of them and he says, this one you're doing okay. Let's leave this one alone. On two of the policies though, he saved me more than $700 and that's just for this six month term. So Greg can look at all your policies. He can find the right insurance company that will work for you, the right carrier, and he will get it done for you quickly and you'll get your money quickly. Also, he's a proud sponsor of the Home for Heroes program, which offers special discounts for first responders, teachers, military and healthcare professionals takes that very seriously. Call Greg at 954-589-2204. That's 954-589-2204 or go to bruntinsurance.com. I want to get to Toronto with you here in a second because I do think one of the key differences that we've seen with, say, Philadelphia and Boston who I think have more overall talent maybe than Milwaukee and Toronto is that in Milwaukee and Toronto, it's very clear who the number one guy is, right? Like Nick nurse and and bud, there's no question about that. And it's okay. How are we going to build a team around that player's skill set? But ultimately it's about Kawhi and it's about Giannis. Want to go to Toronto, Milwaukee and Denver with you right now. Is there a move that any of those three teams can make? that can make them a serious threat to Golden State this year? You mentioned Oklahoma City. Maybe we'll make them the fourth. But is there is there a move that any of those teams can make before the deadline that you take them more seriously against a, a Golden State team, let's be honest, is going to be starting five All-Stars the rest of the way? Let's start with Toronto. I think that Tor- the one move Toronto can make that would put them in much better shape to be able to go after Golden State would be Marcus Gasol. I would. I think that if you were able to bring in Marcus Gasol to play the middle, and, and granted, Abaka has played very well as a stretch five for them, but Mark does so much defensively in terms of clogging up that middle and pushing defenses out, even at his advanced age. And I think offensively, with what you want to do with the way he plays out high, I think the dribble handoff game for him and Kawhi and Kawhi's game off the bounce could be so good. And Kyle Lowry, for for all his all of his lack of acceptance of the fact that his buddy DeRozan and his favorite coach Dwayne Casey are out of there now, he's definitely subjugated some of his game here to be able to benefit fit guys like Kawhi and Siakam and Danny Green and Ibaka, you give them credit for that. So I think if they were able to do something where they could send Valanchunas to Memphis with an asset or two, I think Marcus Gasol totally enhances their ability to make some kind of run. Now we'll see what happens there. I, from what I've heard, Gasol's pushing for whatever team trades for him that he'll if he opts out in his contract next year, they give him an extension. Um, that's not going to be not going to be on the radar for Toronto. So logistically and financially, I don't know if that's going to end up being something that works. But I think that's a player for them. Listen, Milwaukee, the problem with Milwaukee here is and I hate to say this because they've played great I just don't see a lot of upside from where they are. Now with that said they're going to be a brutal out in the Eastern Conference playoffs um, and I think they could take a game or two against Golden State in the finals but I don't look and think there's anybody that's available that's going to upgrade them so much you know and maybe a guy like a Drew Holiday but what would you have to sacrifice for that you know what I mean like I I don't know that you're going to be able to pull something like that off is a Bledsoe to Holiday move enough of an upgrade that's kind of a lateral move as far as I'm concerned so I I don't know that Milwaukee necessarily has that there that Denver's interesting because I think from Denver's standpoint they I don't know I think they're a little too young to make a run at Golden State, but I do think with the way Jokic has played, with the way these uh, some of these other guys that have just performed so well, a guy like Malik Beasley has played absolutely terrific for them this year. I mean, they've got you know Gary Harris been in and out of the lineup a whole bunch, but they've the Tory Craig's of the world, the Monty Morris's of the world. They found ways to squeeze water out of a rock at a certain point in time. Well, what's that going to look like against premium competition? Probably not as good, which is why you would look at them for maybe a Mike Conley. You would look at them for maybe a Drew Holiday. And that way, you take some pressure off of a young Jamal Murray that helps you compete now. Again, is that enough to probably take down the Warriors? Probably not. I mean, the, you know, so those three teams, I don't know if the move is out there and the available player is there that would help them take down the Warriors. Now, for me, one of those teams is Houston. And, and I still, I'm still a big believer in Houston just because I'm – 
I, I, I don't mean to sound like an overly, you know, simpleton pundit, but I mean, I, I really value what a team does in the playoffs much more than what they do in the regular season. What Houston did in the postseason last year in giving Golden State really their only difficult series in the Kevin Durant in Golden State era, it, it weighs a lot on me. And I, I really do think that they have, you know, in Harden and, you know, healthy Paul. We'll see, what, you know, what, what kind of Chris Paul they're getting in the postseason uh, off of this injury. But w- with those two, what Harden's doing right now, I mean, I was. I looked at their numbers just to see if he was indeed, you know, impacting winning the way that it appears on the eye test. His his net rating, you know, over this 18 game run where they've been where they've taken off has been plus 13. He's exceptional. They play really good offensive basketball by the efficiency numbers when he's in, even when it's not necessarily the best aesthetic basketball. But I I just kind of find them as as a prospect interesting. They've made a couple of moves to get Austin Rivers and Kenneth Fareed when it, it doesn't appear like they have any roster maneuverability and yet they figure this out. Uh, they still have a brand and night uh, chip to maybe, you know, for a team that wants to, you know, dump a player that might be able to help someone else. But uh, I think Miami could actually end up taking on Brandon Knight if they can get off one of their contracts, a contract that might help the Rockets in the postseason. What do you make of their playoff prospects as basically the same team they were last year, uh, but, you know, without really without really being able to figure out the Harden-Paul thing just yet? Well, all right, so listen, this team is the third in the league in offensive efficiency. They have, and and whatever you want to say about their offense and running it through Harden, it's working. It continues to work. And your only main concern is, you know, just the amount of usage they keep on James. And I do think as Chris Paul gets his legs underneath him, they won't change this ISO-heavy offense, but you will see some usage get diverted to Chris Paul as he starts to feel a little bit better, get himself back in, in playing condition in the way that he needs to be. I think you will definitely – so I don't think the style is going to change, and, and I think offensively they're well-equipped to be able to make a deep run in the playoffs. Here's the problem with them. This is one of five worst defensive teams in the league. And that's where you have to have a worry because as I was talking about regarding Boston and Toronto, the long wings, the long athletic guys on the perimeter that can give the Warriors trouble is what you need to do. You look at them getting their best players on the floor and it's all undersized guys. And that's the problem. That's the, that's where Ariza hurts them. Not having Ariza gave the one guy that had some length to him that with the long arms that could potentially make it harder because you're not going to shut down guys like Durant and Curry. Clay, you could probably shut down a little bit, but guys like Durant and Curry, you're not going to shut down, but you can't force them into inefficiency. And that's the idea. And again, I think there's, there's spots where you always have to get your five best players on the floor regardless. When they start to get their five best players on the floor, it's small. And that's the big issue for them. Listen, the Butler deal would have been a huge boon for them because it would give would have replaced Ariza with a guy that was better than Ariza in a, in a way that they don't have right now. And yeah, I give Daryl Morey all the credit in the world. Austin Rivers was a godsend for them in Chris Paul's absence. He played absolutely terrific basketball. He stayed out of James Harden's way and played it for the first time in his career the way a coaching staff was asking him to play it. He he was terrific. But again, what is he? Six three and a half, six four? Like you know what's he doing on a court against somebody on Golden State defensively? And that's the big problem with them. And unless they're able to make a move to get the kind of perimeter wing, long perimeter wing that just really isn't available, you know the biggest thing, biggest break that could happen to the Rockets is that Philly decides they want to turn the page on Jimmy Butler, and that's the kind, that's the guy they would turn around, throw Philly or four first. I'm sure if they're going to get rid of Jimmy Butler, they jump all over that and look to leverage that out in the future to be able to try to bring some kind of star. And I think that would be your situation. But to me, I just worry about this Rockets team defensively because not only are the numbers not there in terms of what they are defensively, my larger concern is I don't know that they have the defensive personnel to be able to turn around. Get back to our episode. I want to introduce you to another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is Berlitz Brower. This is the best place to learn a language in South Florida. I can speak to it personally. My daughter already fluent in English and Spanish. We decided to introduce her to Mandarin. She's not even five years old, and she's already out speaking Mandarin, knows all of the numbers up to 100, and she loves it. She loves to go back because the way that they work with her, the way that they teach her, and they also work with me as a parent with her schedule to make sure that it fits in with everything else she's doing. You can also learn languages as an adult. They teach many different languages there. Again, English, Spanish, Mandarin, Italian, German, right across the board. They teach virtually every language that you can possibly name. Here's the number that you call, 954-743-0077. That's 954-743-0077. Mention that Five Reasons sent you. They'll take care of you. Never too early 
to learn a new language. This is the Five Reason Sports Network, Miami Sports On Demand. We now have 15 podcasts in the network covering every professional sports team in South Florida and much more, all absolutely free. You can find all of our shows on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Podbean. If you just can't get enough, become a member of our patron feed and you'll get even more exclusive content, including post-game analysis. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't abandon your team's coverage just because they missed the playoffs. Tune in and stay informed with all of the latest coaching changes and free agency rumors. Here's what you missed on the last episode of Three Yards Per Carry. But I think if you can get Alvin Kamara, and I, and I think they've kind of gone away. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm, watching, I'm watching the Adam Gase taco video. Oh, it's hilarious, isn't it? It's hilarious. The moving taco is brilliant, isn't it? I'm glad I'm keeping you so, I mean... You know, you're just watching a you're just watching a floating taco instead of listening to me. If you're interested in advertising your business on our network, reach out to us at number five recent sports on Twitter. To stay up to date with all of our shows, enter five reasons in your search bar and then hit subscribe. All right, let's go through these rapid fire here. You've mentioned a couple of these names. So real quick, your best guess. Jimmy Butler is playing with who for the first game of the season next year? That's a very interesting question. I would say this most likely. I would think we would see Jimmy Butler. I'm going to actually go. uh, I'm going to say Philadelphia. I I think they figure out a way to keep that thing together. Kawhi Leonard. Clippers. 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 Did I say the Clippers, by the way? I mean the Clippers. The Clippers, (laughs) the Clippers, the Clippers. (laughs) I I, I said that yesterday, too. So we're we're even on that. Anthony Davis, first game next year. Uh, Boston. Really? Mm. Okay. Boston. Boston. You know what? I got to tell you guys, if you're the Pelicans right now, do you want to deal with the Lakers? No. LeBron no. talking about your player a couple weeks ago publicly, and as much as Rich Paul is trying to say, hey, we're looking out for you guys, you know what? This all stinks. You saw the statement they made through Woj yesterday, the Pels organization, mm-hmm. about the tampering rules. That's kind of an uncommon line to put in a statement you know, regarding a guy that's asked for a trade. They're, they're very conscious of this with the Lakers. Listen, if the Lakers end up as being their only and their best option, they may have to do it, but we know how badly Danny Ainge has wanted Anthony Davis, and I don't think he'll make the Paul George mistake again so i i'm gonna say the celtics kyrie irving Knicks. first game really okay so he's yeah. gonna go play where his father okay are that yeah it's, it's home for him it's you know what he, the thing is this he, he stood on that td bank center court before the season began and said i intend on staying what i intend on staying means i intend on being offered five years and 190 million dollars and i'll stay but he wants that big contract. That's what he wants, and he wants his own team to be able to run. I, I know he likes Anthony Davis. I don't know that he had his own team with Anthony Davis. I, I know that he understands that not everything's always the way it's cracked up to be, and Kyrie's had some, some definitely some revelations here. But being close to his family and being close to his father is very important. And Kyrie grew up right here at the same hometown as I have, West Orange, New Jersey. And I know this area means a lot to Kyrie. And the fact is, is that he does believe that the Knicks are moving in the right direction. I think that that's a a decent possibility. All right, last one, and the one that's going to be the most controversial, Kevin Durant. LA Clippers. I think him and Kawhi are going to end up on the Clippers together. Wow. I do not think that Kevin Durant is staying in Golden State. I, I, and I, I've heard a lot of rumblings regarding what's gone on there. Listen, D- Durant, you want to say Durant's too sensitive? I won't argue with you. You don't need to be arguing with 17-year-olds on Instagram when you're Kevin Durant, but there he is doing it. Um, with that said, I think Kevin Durant looks at himself as, I can be a guy that's a top 10 player all time in this league and feels that way about himself. Yet you're playing in an organization right now that doesn't even look at you as the most valued, most important player on the team. And by the way, I don't blame the Warriors for that because they can replicate Durant's skill set with Clay Thompson when Durant's not there. When Curry's out, they got no one that can replicate that. So hey, the Warriors are right to feel that way. But, it, but Kevin Durant feels forsaken there. He does. He doesn't necessarily feel as appreciated as he's wanted to feel. He's got two NBA final MVPs. And what happened in that rally after the finals? There's guys on stage cracking jokes way comfortably, including Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, about his contractual situation you don't mess with guys money i thought bob myers screwed up there man like i i I really do think i really do think that hastens his departure like 
you, as much as, you know, like they kind of have this culture, like Steve Kerr, you know, makes fun of everyone and makes fun of everything. Like, ooh, like at, at the parade in front of hundreds of thousands of people on television, like that, that felt like a, like when I watched it's like, oh, that this feels like when they do the documentary on this, this was the beginning of the end of the Durant era in Golden State. 100%. It was cringeworthy. And it's, what are you doing, guys? Like, you know, and then Kerr, Kerr tried to make light of it. Oh, yeah, mid-level, mid-level. But you saw Durant sitting there stewing and seething. Because mm-hmm. the thing was, Durant, like two days earlier, I told Rachel Nichols, no, I'm staying. I'm so, so he says he's staying. Now we're all going to sit and talk about his money? You know, so, so you get that. And then the other thing is, you know, Kevin Durant, you know, does not need, feels like he is worthy of more respect than being scolded, you know, than, than he can scold Draymond Green, but he doesn't get scolded back. Like, Durant needs to be able to lead on the court that way with the other guys. And I think, listen, I, I, Durant wanted to go somewhere and win. He's got two finals MVPs. He went somewhere and won two titles. He's probably going to end up winning a third title. But I think this situation for him, in terms of his legacy and his career and how he wants to be remembered, quite frankly, has outlived its usefulness. And, and, and the one thing that the Clippers keep selling these guys and shopping out there and, and when they go through back channels to talk to people and stuff like that, the Clippers thing is you can blaze your own trail here. We don't have a legacy. We don't have statues outside the Staples Center. You, we have an owner that will spend all the money in the world. We have a really smart front office. Lawrence Frank, Jerry West, Michael Ringer. We, got, we, got, we have a fantastic front office here. And we have Doc Rivers, a championship coach. It's a great situation to walk into and be the guy that brought a title to the Los Angeles Clippers in a Laker town. That's a huge thing. And, and don't underrate the fact that LeBron's on the other side. Right. And you right. know what? Kawhi Leonard is the type of co-star for Durant who's absolutely perfect. Because all Kawhi wants to do is play ball. He don't care. He just wants to go work, play ball. Durant, you could do the interviews. You can do the commercials. You can do all that stuff. I'm just going to go play basketball, and I just want to win. And for Kevin Durant, I think that's the perfect situation. He would be the guy in that franchise. Him and Kawhi have worked out together. They worked out together last summer. They have a good relationship. I, I'm telling you, I think that, to me, the Clippers are going to be on the championship mat. mat next year and having brought in both Durant and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, it's a really good point. I mean, you've made a lot of points that I've made over time, which is I, I do think if you get that group in a room, you know, West, Balmer, Rivers, Lawrence Frank, that's as impressive as any group that any franchise can put in a room right now. And, and then you add to that the fact, as you mentioned, Kawhi is not a guy who needs the limelight, so it's perfect for him out there. He'll just be happy to be in California. But LeBron being on the other side and being able to beat LeBron in his own town – would be especially if Anthony Davis doesn't come out there. And so, you know, you're talking about a second star as maybe a Damian Lillard type or somebody like that instead of an AD uh, would be would be fascinating. I, I think the other thing is Doc deserves a lot of credit because I'm looking at that Clipper team right now and that should not be where it is. And so I, I feel like just staying for certain franchises, I think it is important to be competitive because it shows that you're on the right track. And the fact that Doc's been competitive with what to me is a 500 or below roster this year uh, is impressive. So, all right, that's that's an interesting one to look at. All right, check out his work at Hoops Critic on Twitter, also HoopsCritic.com, and definitely on Sirius XM NBA. Thanks a lot, Brian, for joining us. Appreciate it. Guys, always my pleasure. Let's do it again soon. Thank you for listening to the Fire in the Podcast. Thank you so much. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.